Welcome to The Lisa Show, where we take a good look at life. A lot of conversations about body image spark thoughts of a childhood incident or memory that stuck. A bully called me fat. My mom was always on a diet. My dad commented on what I was eating etc., etc. But when those kids grew up and became parents, that's us, we recognized that these comments about weight and food bodies had the opposite effect than intended. It didn't help us be healthier. It created a lot of shame and negative issues. So we resolved to do better. But how? (laughs) Now, this is the tricky part, because when a kid asks, am I fat? Do I need to go on a diet? I hate my arms or whatever. These questions can really spin a parent out of control. I know they do for me. I mean, you want to say the right thing and reassure and get them to see how you see them, that perfect baby. So there are outright statements that we say or don't say. And then there's more subtle patterns, right? Do you clean your plate in your family? What does your family eat and when? How do you talk about your body? What are your habits around exercise, eating, talking, and how do they affect others? So what do we say to our kids? Something? Nothing? There's a lot of conflicting advice and it all really seems good. And if the answer is, well, you know, it just kind of depends like on the kid, on the home, the family, the health of everyone, then how do we know what to do? I mean, do we mention weight at all, for example? Do we allow anything when it comes to movement, food, and image? Do they lead the conversations? Do we? I mean, where do we get our information? What do we focus on? Basically, how do we do it right I mean, it's different when you're dealing with a stranger or a friend. I mean, it's none of our business or we take their lead. But with our kids, it's just trickier. We're leading and guiding and we're teaching best practices. We're helping. (laughs) And we are judging our kids because it's part of teaching and looking out for them. So how do we teach and guide our kids to live a healthy life, living in their bodies without creating shame? That's what we're diving into in this episode. I talked to a body image coach and to a mental health expert. And let me tell you, since having these conversations, I have felt a lot better. And I'm excited for you to hear what they have to say. But of course, the first people I turn to with questions like these are members of the Council of Moms, consisting this week of Julie Taylor and Tamalyn Kristen. Not to be doomsday, but most of my friends are older than me and more further along in their motherhood. And I've kind of started to feel like it only gets more intense. So I'm just going to yeah. embrace my 12 and under life. I hate to tell you this, Julie, but <laughs> mothering adult children is really tricky. <laughs> and they told me about some experiences that they've had with their kids when they were forced to confront the way they talk about their bodies. Here's Julie. Well, I have a nine-year-old daughter, and she came home from cheer practice about a year ago, and she was like, Mom, I think I'm fat. Oh, no. And I was like, huh? And I spiraled because I was like, I've worked so hard. We yeah. don't talk like that. We don't do that. Like, And so I spiraled, but I found myself like completely frozen because I was like, okay, I don't say you're not fat because then that villainizes being fat. Right. And what if someday she is fat and that's okay that she could be fat. Like, so we don't want to, we don't say that anymore. And I don't want to just say nothing because I don't want to just dismiss this. And so I, in that moment, even with all of the work that I've done and how hard I've tried, when it gets real, you still are just kind of frozen. 
I know this feeling all too well, the feeling of being frozen. As a parent, there are so many things that we're juggling, and the last thing you want to do is accidentally say the wrong thing and scar them for life. Here's Julie again. And so I just chatted with her, and I was like, why do you think that? And she's like, oh, my stomach hurts because my pants were stabbing me all day. And I was like, oh, you need new pants. That's yeah. great. This is great news. And so it kind of like led us to a conversation of just like, yeah, clothes can be a problem. Like your body's not the problem, but clothes can be the problem, right? If your clothes don't fit and they're oh, uncomfortable. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. And so, and she has struggled quite a bit. And so now every time we go clothes shopping, we just sing a song through the store of like, my body is not the problem. The clothes are the problem. <laughs> and we're always, we just sing it through the dressing room because she does start to get flustered when things hurt her stomach or when they don't fit her the way that she wants them to fit. And so I've tried to reframe that, but it was good evidence to me that like, I still know nothing. Now, unlike Julie, my friend Tamalyn's kids are mostly grown up and out of the house, and she expressed a lot of desire to go back and change the way she talked to her kids when they were young. Here's one moment she told us about. My daughter, who went to um, preschool, came home a mess one day because she didn't have on the right clothes. This was, she was four. Oh, wow. And I thought, that is so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish, I think, I, I don't know, looking back, I just wish I would have been a little bit more honest instead of like going to my husband and me like, can you believe this happened? Like actually talking to her about it. Don't we all feel like Tamalyn and wish we could go back and do things better? What can we do now to help our kids have a healthier future? One of the most difficult parts of learning how to talk to our kids about their bodies is that in today's world, we're all being constantly bombarded by different messages about ourselves. And we need to look a certain way and not look a certain way and eat certain things and not eat certain things. And then as soon as you think you have a handle on what the world expects of you, everything flips 180 degrees and all of a sudden what used to be beautiful is out of style and no one can possibly keep track of it all. When it's this hard for us as adults, it's only more confusing for kids who are growing up and figuring out who they want to be. I talked to Amanda Martinez-Beck, a fat activist and body image coach, about her experience raising kids amidst all this chaos. Here she is. I live in a fat body, and so my experience is in one way, the same as every other parent (laughs) in that my kids are traveling through the world uh, that is hostile to bigger bodies. Um, And yet it's different because I have embraced the size of my body and have had conversations with my kids about what it means to be in a body, no matter what size it is. I have been put on diet since I was seven years old. So there's really not a time that I remember not um, being preoccupied with my body's size. And as I started to realize how much time and energy it was taking for me to stay in a 
a socially acceptable body or at least try to be in a socially acceptable body. I just realized that I didn't want to model that for my kids. I didn't want to be obsessed with the number on a scale or the size of clothing that I was wearing. I wanted to be creative and I wanted to have time to have deep friendships and pursue things that were so much bigger than thinness or perfection, you know? I love what Amanda is saying. I mean, I think in our own minds, it can be so easy to devote so much of our day to worrying about how we look and how we compare to the beautiful people around us. But when we think of our kids, it becomes so much more clear. I mean, of course we don't want them to waste their time thinking about these things when they should be playing and learning and dreaming. So what can we do? I mean, how can we start doing this better? Here's Amanda's go-to advice. When my kids talk about bodies, we have a running conversation about what is the purpose of my body? Why does it matter what size my body is? Does it matter? And these are really common questions for kids to have. And I think the best way that I have found in maneuvering or navigating questions of dieting and body image are to approach first with curiosity. Asking my kids, oh, so you say that so-and-so said it's not okay to be fat. What do you think? And really starting that journey with questions rather than trying to give answers right away. I talked to the Council of Bombs about the same thing. Here's what Julie tried after her daughter told her she thinks she's fat. I think making the effort to not dismiss it and just really talking to our kids, like, why do you think that? And and so what if you were? And so yeah. what if you are? Okay, like just kind of normalizing the conversation and then really talking to them. And my kids are younger, but helping them understand that like bodies require a lot of care. Like we've yes. got to take care of them in a lot of different ways and we have to bathe and we have to, you know, just all of the different ways we take care of our body, maybe offsetting the focus on how our body looks mm -hmm. and even how our body functions, but just the care of our body and what it is, what a responsibility it is to have a body and how we take accountability for that and how we care for it. So we're having conversations about bodies regularly that are not focused on the size of them. I love talking to the Council of Moms about things like this. And it reminds me of something that just happened a couple of weeks ago to my youngest daughter. So I have five kids and I think I was a little hesitant in the beginning to talk about bodies. I was so nervous about saying the wrong thing. So sorry, older kids, <laughs> being the first pancakes. It's so hard, right, being the oldest. But by the youngest, I think the biggest mark and differences that I've noticed is the confidence that I have in in what to say. So my youngest daughter comes and she is um, at the time 14. So she's still developing. She's just kind of in between being a child and growing into adolescence. And she comes down the stairs and she says, almost matter of factly, hey, mom, um, I have stretch marks. And so I take a look at it and she's looking at me like she's checking in, right? Like, how concerned should I be about this? Or what is this? Or, you know, like she's not upset and she's not happy, right? She's, it's just absolutely just neutral. And I immediately recognize this as uh, an, an opportunity for me to 
have the answer, right? I'm like, cool, don't blow it. (laughs) And so I say to her, oh yeah, those are stretch marks and those are normal to get. It has to do with the elasticity in your skin. And as you grow at different rates and stuff, you'll get them at different areas. Here's where I have them. Here's where your brother has them. Here's where your sister has them. And I actually don't know anyone who doesn't have stretch marks. It's totally normal. And depending on your skin color or tone, they'll look kind of different or whatever. Some will be shimmery and kind of light. Some will be red. You know, it just, it's totally normal. And by the way, also everyone has cellulite. (laughs) So that's just how, you know, fat adheres to the body and to the muscle. And this is what it looks like. Just so you know, as you develop and grow into a human woman, this is normal and typical. And she was like, oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure. And that was that. Whenever I chat with friends about like, how do you teach your kids to love their bodies? We always run into the same question. What specific things should we say or not say? Like we want a model, right? So I love Amanda and Tamalyn's advice to approach our kids with curiosity and empathy. And I know that that's really helped me in my own family. But it seems like there's certain things that experts agree that we should just avoid saying completely. I asked psychiatrist and mental health expert, Dr. Gail Saltz, about her best advice. And she explained that a lot of healthy body image in kids comes down to clarity. I start with early. I start with honest and direct. And um, because, you know, when when you're sort of hedging and uncomfortable and don't really say things accurately, it conveys a lot of shame to your child, which is really the opposite of what you want to do. Um, people often do that unwittingly. They're, they're just personally uncomfortable and unsure. And sometimes it's just un- unsure about what they should say. Um, but sometimes it also is their own discomfort about body issues that conveys those sorts of messages to their kids. So, you know, really just early on naming parts, naming them with their real names, their, their actual names, as opposed to made up names, um, being willing to answer your kids' questions about their parts. Um, as they get older, being mindful of how you talk about your own body and, um, you know, trying to be positive about that, or at least not negative about that. It's just not unusual for particularly moms to say, I don't like this, or this is too fat, or, you know, I wish I had something else. And those, you might, you might not be saying it to your child specifically, but around your child will definitely impact the way they view their own bodies and feel about their bodies. So, um, thinking about bodies in terms of what they can do for you in terms of health and well-being, in terms of pride and feeling good about what you have and that there's a lot of variation of what is normal and what people have. Um, All of those sorts of messages are really important. What Dr. Saltz is saying makes sense to me. While it seems impossible to remember this huge list of things to say and not say when we're talking to our kids, what she's suggesting is a foundational shift in the way we see our bodies. Here she is again. If every time there would be a, you know, a moment to talk about a body part or body image, 
you are either demurring or, you know, giggling as if you're embarrassed and uncomfortable, um, if you, you know, sort of make faces that imply this, there's something yucky or uh, not good about this, those, you know, even if they're not direct words, but certainly if they're words, words like, you know, too fat, ugly, you know, negative words will, will definitely impact how your child feels. As parents, we could only dream that our kids only learn about serious topics at home from us and that we could control everything that they see and hear throughout the day. I mean, maybe this is a serious helicopter parenting, but you know, that's a problem for another episode. We'll talk about that later. But our kids will hear things at school, on TV, at their friend's house, on social media, basically everywhere. And that will complicate the way they see their bodies and make it harder to stay centered. Dr. Saltz explained to me how building a foundation of clear communication at home can prepare our kids for the outside world. As soon as a child goes to school or socializes at all, even, you know, with that very, very, you know, four or five, they will hear words from other kids. They will um, be in a place where you're not. So they have to be able to communicate if there's something going on, if they need something about their bodies. And they also have to be made aware that certain body parts are private and someone else shouldn't be looking, touching those private parts. Um, and those are important messages in terms of really preserving the health and well-being of your child about how they feel about their body. So being able to have those discussions in a positive way, your body is a good thing. It does wonderful things for us. These are normal, healthy functions. These are the parts, name the parts, you know, instead of, you know, hoo-hoo or Billy or whatever you might, you know, say, you know, talk about body parts. These are penis. This is a scrotum. This is, you know, inside has testicles. This is, they do good things. You know, this is the vagina. This is the vulva overall. Being able to name parts in a, really objective way that doesn't associate them with negativity or shame or dirtiness in, in, in any sort of way. And when you talk about your own body, being able to say, you know, I like this. My, I like my legs are strong. It helps me run. I like, you know, wh whatever you like about yourself um, are good messages actually for your child. And, you know, often, right, we have the idea that this is imbued with sexuality and we don't want to say anything sexual to our young children, but really it, your child's sexuality, if you will, or your child's thought about parts that are genitals, are, they don't have the same thoughts adults do about them. And so when you name those parts, it's not imbued with the same thoughts you might have about them. And so you just want to objectively explain to them. If there's anything that's clear from our conversation so far, it's that it will be incredibly hard, if not impossible, to help our kids see their bodies in a better way while still trying to hold on to our own negative body image. We need to be working and practicing at seeing ourselves in the right way in order to be teaching our kids to do it too. 
Here's how body image coach Amanda explains it. I think that um, it's kind of uh, the flip-flop of the golden rule. We hear treat others the way you want to be treated. But when it comes to our bodies, I think we need to treat our bodies the way we want others' bodies to be treated. So if we want our children to have confidence and good body image, then we need to treat our own bodies that way. So instead of looking in the mirror and thinking, oh, I'm so fat, or this outfit just makes me look terrible, and saying those things out loud, choosing moments of body peace and liberation for ourselves models a really powerful um, image for our children to realize, oh, my parents know that their bodies are good. They know that the purpose of their bodies isn't thinness or even perfection, that we use our bodies for relationship with others. I am a teacher, and when I introduce myself to my classes, I say, you know, my name is Amanda Martinez-Beck, and I am a fat woman. I use the word fat not as a bad word, but as a descriptor. Like I say, my hair is brown, my body is fat. And so in those intentional ways of challenging the way that people think about fatness, and getting us to realize that body size is morally neutral. It doesn't make me a worse or better person based on how fat or thin that I am. And I think just talking frankly about it is one powerful way to resist the narrative. Amanda is a powerful example of taking control of the messaging around our bodies and of improving herself so she can better show her kids how to love themselves. Dr. Saltz also has some advice for parents. If you know that you've personally really struggled with body images and maybe when you're growing up, you didn't have what I'm talking about now. You didn't have your parents be open and honest and direct and you maybe you struggled with some real issues and they're still ongoing. Um, you know, it's, it's always a good idea to treat yourself because in treating yourself, you are actually helping your child. So if you're struggling with an eating disorder or an extreme, you know, body image issue, um, seeing a therapist and getting help with that will help your child because when these things are very active for a parent, it can be hard to even realize what you are transmitting to your child, you know, unconsciously. So put your own oxygen mask on first. Um, That will help you help your child. Now, when we hear what Dr. Salt said about putting on your own oxygen mask, it can feel like, wait, actually, it might take me a few years to figure this out. (laughs) My kids aren't going to just wait around me to graduate from therapy. And that reaction is absolutely valid. I mean, we need to work on ourselves, but we also need to navigate being the best parents that we can be in the meantime. Amanda had some great advice when I asked her about what she does when things get really hard, when you feel like you're completely unqualified as a parent to help your kids. There's a phrase that uh, body image activist Brie Campos uses. She talks about sitting in the suck, sitting in those places with uncomfortable feelings and letting ourselves feel because a lot of the times feeling 
bad about our body is actually feeling insecure about something else. So instead of trying to explain it away, making room again for curiosity, why do I feel like being fat means I'm not lovable? Well, that means I don't feel lovable today. Questions of self, who am I? What is my purpose in life? How can I do anything that's worth anything? But only when we sit in the suck and create room, creating a space of hospitality for that discomfort, we really get to the deeper questions that our children are really struggling with that underlie body image issues. Am I lovely? Am I worth time spent on? And the way that you get through that is by spending time with your kids in that place. What Amanda is recommending is hard. It's not something that comes easily and it takes a lot. It takes vulnerability and opening yourself up to your children in a way that can be different and scary compared to the ideal image of a parent that we might have had in our head. But by being vulnerable and honest, we don't have to worry about remembering a list of do's and don'ts when we're talking about our bodies. Instead, we just have to remember what it is that's most important to us. Here's Amanda again. Being honest about the image, the body image struggle is really valuable when you have particularly preteens and teenagers. To be honest and say, you know, I am having a really bad body image day. Instead of just saying, oh, I feel so fat today, recognizing or or even covering that up and being like, my bodies are good bodies, even on days I don't feel like it. You know, not papering over the real feelings of bad body image, but being honest, hey, I'm really struggling with how I look today. Can you remind me of things that are good about me so that I can face today with courage? Can you, you know, if you're a person of faith, can you pray for me? Or if if you're not, can you encourage me in, you know, what you think I do well so that we can see that it's totally normal to struggle with your body image. And we're not trying to avoid those negative feelings, but rather embrace them as they come, and put them in their place. Acknowledging our weaknesses with our children is one way to keep us in authentic relationship with them. Um, Kids are very talented at sniffing out when someone is putting on airs or uh, pretending and so the, the value of vulnerability is really key there, I think, in admitting I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. Uh, we're on this journey together instead of mom has arrived and is trying to guide child into the promised land. I have had moments um, where... I've had to acknowledge that my body is weak as someone who suffers from chronic illness. Um, And just say, 
mommy can't do what you need me to do today or I'm feeling I'm having a really hard day and it, it opens up the communication channel for your child my child to say oh, I'm so sorry how can I help you um, and my own children reaffirming to me the things that we've talked about mommy remember that your body is good remember that all bodies are good bodies and the power of having those words of truth being spoken to you by your children it's really powerful it's really impactful our weakness tethers us to each other I think that the way Amanda describes sitting in the suck and letting our weaknesses connect us to our kids is really the heart of this question. The answer to how should we talk to our kids about their bodies really comes down to how we talk to our kids about anything. Do we hold on to our authority for dear life, shaming and disciplining them to be the kind of person we expect them to be? Or do we sit down beside them showing them how we're struggling too and work on navigating those problems together. Ultimately, while we'll never find a perfect way to solve all of our kids' problems with body image, we can find a way for them to never have to be alone in the middle of it all. Starting the journey of accepting myself, it just kind of took over all that time I've spent meditating or trying to be smaller, I started to be bigger and not just in body. My body has changed as I've gotten older because that's what bodies do. But my vision for life has expanded so much bigger than it used to be. And I want to make sure that pretty much everybody I encounter knows that their life and vision can be bigger than making themselves be smaller. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. The show is hosted by Lisa Valentine-Clark and produced by McKay Menden, Becca Hurley, and Michael Combs with music and post-production by Joss Fouts and Sam Clausen. We want to feature you on the show. Reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook and tell us about your experience listening to our body image series or sharing it with a friend. And we might share your story in an upcoming episode. Listener.